Welcome back to the Wasatch Brothers Real Estate Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Wasatch Brothers Real Estate Podcast. We have another great guest coming at you. His name is Bradley Jacobson. Uh, He is a realtor. And um, just a little bit about him. He he accredits most of his accomplishments to his great wife, uh, Jess. And um, yeah, basically everything goes back to her, relates directly back to her. And that's one of his biggest accomplishments. Um, he's he's proud right now to have a, a small but growing rental portfolio. He currently has four doors that he's renting out. And he's very proud of his and his wife's savings rate. Uh, they've been chasing financial independence for a few years now and have successfully avoided the income creep. So continuing to live frugally and cur- increase his savings Great year after year has given him a great foundation to build off of, um, and we are excited to learn from him. Brad, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have here. you on. It's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's always fun to have. Uh, it's always fun to meet some new people. That's been the best part about this, at least for me. Is uh, I've just met a bunch of new people recently that I I just never would have met, and so. Yeah, so we appreciate you coming on as well. Um, so we were kind of talking before the podcast, before we started it, and you were you were barely just saying that you became an agent in like October, and you put your two weeks in the beginning of January, just barely. So what what gave you the confidence to quit your job and just jump in? Well, if you don't mind me giving a long answer to this question, it's it's yeah, kind of a long answer. It. It's a kind of a story. It's <laughs> um, good. I I had a good job um, ever since I started college. I got into the supplement nutrition industry, and I was there there the whole time. So I I was up to going six, going on seven years in the industry, and had worked my way up uh, the career ladder pretty well. Um, but at the same time, I was collecting rental properties. I uh, Red Rich Dad Poor Dad back in college, and yeah, to this day still don't have a four hundred one k. Right, I've uh, gone a different direction. <laughs> um, and uh, so, anyways, I I decided to get my license because of COVID. I was stuck at home and bored <laughs> all of twenty twenty. Good idea for the most part. Um, and so, yeah, I, I busted through the classes um, in my spare time. Got my license in October. I think I passed the test in September. Anyways, I I was fully licensed by October. And okay, so I was hang on. When you when you said you busted through the classes, because some people do it in like two weeks. It took me a month. If you were if you busted through, just to give people an idea, like if they want to get their real estate license, what it's actually going to take. How long did it take you? And then how many times did okay. you take the test? Well, you're that's impressive. Two weeks, a month. That's no. I was not warp speed. I was fast. I wasn't insanely fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it took me about three. Maybe four months. Okay, sweet. Um, yeah, and I, I was still working forty to fifty hours a week, and I I do most of it on my lunch break actually. Um, oh, wow! Gotcha. 
yeah, I, was, I just would bring my laptop to work. I'd, I'd pop down to one of the quieter break rooms and I'd, I'd do, you know, an hour every day during lunch, which would be at least five hours a week. And then I do a little bit more on weekends and nights, but it's, it's hard to do it that way. That requires yeah. Oh, yeah. discipline. Um, but yeah, I just built that good habit of doing it during my lunch breaks and got it knocked out in about three months. Right on. Okay. So did you pass the ooh. test the first time? Yeah, I did. Okay, oh, good. you yeah. lucky man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sounds, sounds like maybe that wasn't the case for. Well, for so I, I was selling, I did for Yeah. You Darren did. did. I was selling insurance before and, um, I took it where you could take the classes on your phone. So I was Ooh. listening to the classes while I was selling insurance and mm-hmm. I got through all the classes in a month, but I mean, I was doing probably eight to 10 hours per day and selling insurance. So I give myself like a, a break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had to take it three times, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I guess not that bad. I hear people have to take it five, six, seven times before they pass it sometimes. So, well, I, I think I would have preferred your method because the, I went through the Utah, it's some super generic name, the Institute of real estate education in Utah or huh? something like that. And they don't let you listen to it on your phone. You can't, do any audio uh, it's you're sitting at a laptop and you're clicking through videos and you can't skip forward. Oh, wow. You can't play them faster. And I regret, I regret going that route because it was pretty tedious. So <laughs> even though you had to take the test a few times, I would have much rather busted through the information like an, like an audio book or something like that. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't fast forward on mine. They were videos too, but like I would just tuck my phone under my desk. So my boss mm. didn't see uh, hopefully she doesn't <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> and then I just have, I'd have my AirPods in and then I'd have my little headset over. So nobody oh, really you're... knew that I was doing it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, sneaky. that was the only way for me. Cause I've got two kids. So when I come home, it's like, I can't do it when I get home I'm too tired, but, and then Darren did string them, um, which I think is one of the most, it was really similar ones. to what you did, Brad. It was, I had videos. I couldn't speed up. I couldn't click past them. I could listen to it. It was audio, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, my, my situation was weird just because I ended up having, I was kind of like forced out of my job that I was at. I was studying oh, yeah. for a couple weeks and then, um, I had to basically leave my job. Um, and so I just sat in our office at home all day, every day. And so I did it in like <laughs> five weeks, but I was, I was just, it was like my full-time job. Basically. I was just like yeah. studying all day. So it's a hard time. Okay. Anyways, let's get back to your story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I was clearly involved in, in my career in the supplement industry. Um, and then in October, I, I was so excited to be an agent and I totally had the intention of doing a part-time. And I also figured if I ever wanted to sell one of my rentals, I wanted to have my license because, you know, right there, you know, that's a, you can yeah, pay you a huge commission pay in both yeah. sides. And, mm-hmm. you know, a side hobby, if it saves me, you know, if it, it could be five figures every several years, that's, that's worth my license. Um, so anyways, in October, I immediately started posting on Facebook and Instagram and marketing myself as a realtor. And then out of the blue, the, the vice president of the company asked me to come into his office and he gave me like this 30 minute browbeating session about not taking my job seriously. And, well, one of the problems was too, is I was on the sales team. Um, and I was, oh. I was the number one in the company, actually, like I was managing the biggest accounts in the company. Um, 
and they all knew that I loved real estate. Like all the customers, all my customers, like I didn't think anything of it. it never crossed my mind, but he, he thought that could be damaging to the company by me showing a, an interest in something else besides supplements. Conflict mm, um, of interest. <laughs> so I got, I got like forbidden. Like I not only like wow. myself, but pretty much forbidden from like being an agent. Um, and wow, that's crazy. That came right after I, I applied for a really big promotion uh, in the company and I didn't get the attention that I thought I deserved on it. Um, they didn't take my application as seriously as I hoped they would for a higher level position because I was too young. Um, so I had this like weird sort of jaded, difficult two months where I, it, they, they really made it kind of an ultimatum. They, they made me pick if I wanted to be an agent or if I wanted to continue my, hey, dig, my career dig there. deeper, dig deeper into the emotions you are feeling because I, this is the type of stuff that I like because it, there's, I mean, I, I went through the similar situation in insurance where I was one of their top people, but then you're struggling because you feel like they're, they're not recognizing you or um, I don't know, just, just tell us your perspective of what those two months were like and, and how difficult or how easy or what your mindset was getting through it. Um, uh, there's so much, there's, there's so many emotions and decisions. It's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to summarize. Um, it, I was, I was really nervous because I had heard the statistic that it's like 80 or 90% of agents don't make it past the first year. Uh -huh. you, you guys probably know whatever that is. 82%. Um, I think it's two years, right? The first two years, two years. it's like 82%. Um, so I had that in the back of my mind thinking like, you know, I can never really know how I would succeed because I'm not really allowed to work right now. Um, but at the same time, I, uh, my income had been exactly the same for like four years at my previous employer. And I don't, I don't mean to be like boastful or arrogant, but like I, I crushed it. I had earned that company millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, and the fact that when I apply for a director position or ask for raises that I wasn't being taken seriously. Um, I knew I couldn't be there long-term. Uh, so I ha had a lot of different emotions. I wanted to grow um, and I wanted to take a risk uh, jumping into real estate, but I was also terrified because I really did have like an awesome career. And I had actually been flown out to Texas to interview with a company in I think October, kind of the same time frame, And they offered me a pretty lucrative position at that same time. Um, that would have been working remote for a competitor of who I was working for. Um, so I, I had a lot of struggle. I'm trying to decide if I wanted to stay in, in nutrition and supplements um, and chase, you know, something with scalable income and um, chase a real sales director like um, position, or if I wanted to take what I was passionate about and jump and run with it. Um, and then, yeah, it, not to get too spiritual, but I, I prayed a lot about it. I spent a lot of nights thinking about it. And I'm big on, on self-help and people like Tony Robbins and Ed Milet and different people. And uh, I, I realized that I could always jump back into nutrition if I needed to. So I'd be silly not to chase my passion. Um, and so come the Christmas break, uh, I immediately started marketing myself despite not being able to technically. Um, and I landed a huge listing. Um, right there in December, and I almost landed a big commercial property that was 10 units for a client. Wow. So if I wow. could have landed both of those, I would have 
essentially matched my income like for a full year at Capstone. And it, it, the moment I, I landed even one of those, I was like, I'm done. Like, this is silly. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being yeah. nervous. I'm being stupid. And so, yeah, the day we got back, um, I put in my two weeks. And then the week after, I listed a, a gorgeous home up in Pleasant View. And i never looking back. Uh, I'll never go back. I'm, I'm so happy. And I've been very, very blessed and fortunate at this point that I'll, I'll never go back. So it was That's right awesome. I think a lot That's of That's a really struggle. cool story. Yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with those those same fears of taking the jump into real estate. I, I'm dealing with it basically right now. Um I've I've passed my test, but I'm still waiting on paperwork to officially get my license. But right. um I've been thinking a lot about how do how am I gonna get listings? It's such a competitive market. There's so many agents. So what what do you think got you that? those first couple listings um and what were you doing on either social media or was it was it uh just relationships that you had built in the past that you think you got those listings from um both uh my first big listing was one of my wife's co-workers um we never thought we'd win it right because i had no idea what i was doing right um but what i think separated me from others is I came in just I was confident, um, and I was I was smart, right? Like I I think what a lot of people do in a sales position is they they get so anxious for the business that they start tripping over themselves, they they lose their personality, they lose their confidence. They're trying to run off a script. That's insane. Um, don't ever use a script. <laughs> don't ever you know like take a course out of how to cold call and then try to follow these magic scripts because because what it does is it sucks your confidence away it sucks your personality away and you become a robot um me uh i know a lot about real estate um i've been studying it for four or five years i've read hundreds of books listened to probably thousands of podcasts i'm a utah native i'm an ogden native i know this market better than anyone and i came into that listing appointment extraordinarily confident um <laughs> hand. that's and, great and that's the key i mean they have no idea. I'd never sold a house before. They had no idea. <laughs> brand new. Um, so walk, walk us through that a little bit. Were, were they interviewing multiple agents at the time to list their property and you were one of them or how did that work? Um, so the reason I didn't think I'd get it is because they were getting divorced. Um, and my wife was friends with the wife. Um, that was her coworker. And so um, the wife, she already knew and, and loved us, right? Um, mm. and so that, that would have been like a slam dunk, um, just relationship wise. Right. I wouldn't necessarily have to be a rock star agent to want it, but the, the, the big hurdle was convincing her husband that I really was like a rock star agent and that, you know, the professional they need, um, and we met with them separate. So I, I gave the wife a listing presentation and her two kids were there at the home. I went to their home and, and did like, you know, the PowerPoint sort of thing. And then with the husband, I just asked if I could take him to lunch and took them to lunch and just like i said i came across very confident um very knowledgeable and he that was the feedback i got he just said you you have been far more knowledgeable um, than anyone else we've interviewed and yeah, I, I think the smartest the thing that you did too was uh food is the way to win any man over <laughs> <laughs> yeah right um but yeah, that's uh, I, I think agents overthink it a lot. And, 
you know, I don't want to say I'm the best agent in Ogden, but like I'm one of the best agents in Ogden because I, I really do know this market and I know a lot about real estate and I'm very knowledgeable. And if I confidently communicate that to people, they can feel it. And, and I mean it when I say it, even though I'm new, I, I'll get it done, you know? And, yeah. and that's, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a big key with being an agent. So I feel it through yeah. the screen already. I, I, before we got on this, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Damon Jones, the FUBU guy on Shark Tank. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, he basically said the same thing. You know, I, I, you know, people see all the success I had, but he's like, I read so many books and learned what I was doing and I was confident in what I was doing. And I think that comes across with you. It's like, you know, all these agents can say, oh, I know this and that. But if you really know it and you've learned it and, and um, have the education behind it, then then you can be really confident. And, hey, I, I know what I'm talking about. I can get this done for you. And I think uh, that comes across to anybody that you talk to. So that's really cool. So you put your two weeks in because what you landed the listings and you're like, hey, screw this. I'm like, this is what I want to do. And so you just. What did your boss say when you when you turned those in? Did he kind of suspect it because he's seen your posts or was he kind of disgruntled or I mean you don't have to share um, all the details in case they listen or something. No. I don't know. <laughs> no, I love <laughs> I, I guess I won't drop names, but there's there's multiple people. I had, had multiple people I reported to. Yeah. But my immediate boss who we need I names love and, and phone numbers and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> social security. <laughs> well, my immediate boss who I actually reported to, who was a director. He just laughed. He's like, he's like, I knew you were out the door any moment now. <laughs> and then he's like, when you started posting, go like, over the break. He's like, I knew you were gone. And he was so excited for me. Like, um, oh man, I, I love hearing find, that. Find how like I'm already trying to help him find investment properties. Like we we have an amazing relationship. And um, so yeah, he totally knew it was coming. But the the vice president who originally wouldn't, you know, kind of threaten me, <laughs> not not really threaten yeah. me, but you know, in a way, said your job's on the line if you pursue this. Yeah. Uh, never spoke to him really uh, those last two weeks i gave a full two-week notice and actually worked two weeks in the office and then stayed on call for kind of two more weeks to make sure the accounts were in good hands never spoke to me again um, wow. wow which is weird because we, know, sad we run to hear. each other all the time so yeah that's kind of an unfortunate thing to hear like i get losing i used to have a business a couple years ago and i get like losing an employee but you got to be able to think um, you know, you gotta, it's important to want what's best for people, not for yourself, you know? And I think that it could be, a a, a selfish thing to not be happy for you, for you pursuing something that's going to make you happy rather than wanting to keep you around, not doing what you want to do and maybe not be as happy. Like, um, I think I it's just, a big like, mistake that that business owners do though, because I worked at multiple places and Darren, you probably have too, where you're one of the top performers and they, they don't really treat you the way they should, or, um, I don't know that it's, they don't treat you like a top performer. And so I had the same thing when I put my two weeks in and, and then they're, you know, kissing your feet, trying to get you to stay. And it's like, I think that you need to treat your top performers as if they are a top performer. And I'm sure Brad, you can relate to this, you know, making the same amount for four years and applying for a position to get promoted. And they didn't look at you seriously. I think, I think for a lot of business owners, they don't realize how 
um, disheartening that is and how um, deflating it is for an employee to, you know, bust your butt and, and put in the work and then you get the results and it's just kind of like, yeah, well, you're the same as everybody else. So I, I think if you're a business owner, that's something to pay attention to because I think this has probably for all three of us been one of the big reasons why we are getting into real estate is we want to control our own destiny. And um, it, the harder we work, the harder we get paid. You know, if, if we want to go knock on doors to get listings, then we get rewarded for that uh, the right way. And, and you build your own brand, you build your own reputation and, and it's on you. I mean, it's sort of like building your own business and being an entrepreneur, but I think that's what we all have in common is we have that extra drive and are really willing to take the risk for the freedom one, but then also the reward and what we can build for our families and our friends and, and helping other people. So Anyways, I, I went on a little rant there, but yeah, it, it's it's a good conversation to have because um, me and Darren have had many conversations like that. And and just talking to you, Brad, I, I feel like you have the same feeling of, of the job that you just recently quit. So check this out. So my last job before I got this, um, I... A couple weeks before I quit, I had a call with my director because my numbers weren't what they were supposed to be. And she told me that on my whole sales team, I was number one in customer retention. So I was selling the most solid accounts. I had the least amount of cancellations. And although I was newer, I was one of the top. I had one of the top closing ratios in the whole entire team. But I would have never guessed that because I mean, I was like scraping by basically I was getting no, oh, yeah. the, where there was so much going on. There's so much politics at my company that that's what, that's what leads you to success there. And I come from a commission background. I've done door-to-door -door sales for a very long time where you go out and you bust it and you show that you're a good salesman, not getting handed stuff from other people. And so it was completely foreign to me. So when she told me those things, I was like, holy crap, like, why am I not getting any of these benefits? You would think that they would want to be sending people to me to close. I'm one of the top closers and my people don't cancel. Like from a business standpoint, that makes the most sense. Yeah. But when you're in a corporate setting, politics come into play. And so not to mention when I did quit a little bit later, I let them know, Hey, like I'll stay on. I have some stuff that I can do. I have some accounts that I could close. I'll give you my two weeks. Literally like an hour later, I got an email from HR saying, Hey, this is your last day. Let's finish. Let's close everything oh, out. Just, I'm like, here's your box. Wow. Dang. Yeah. So it's like, um, man, I should have left sooner, honestly, but I'm so glad that I'm kind of like you, man. I'll never look back. I've never been happier doing anything else. Like I have had so much fun doing real estate it is the funnest job I've ever had. And it has brought me the most joy in my career. So, all right, enough about me. Um, yeah, we're telling our stories here. I, uh, I think, no, I want to hear you. <laughs> I can just personally relate right. to you with some of this stuff. I can really relate to you with some of that. Um, Cause that stuff, that stuff really drives me crazy. It drives me crazy just because of my background of basically a hundred percent commission jobs where go out, get it done. You know, you, you survive on your own. And then like, I've always been rewarded because of that. And so switching over and 
seeing like all the politics that come into play i'm like holy crap like well this is not what i'm good at (laughs) yeah it's like you always hear you know hard work pays off and so that's what you do and then you just feel replaceable to me it's like yeah well if you want to if you want to leave we'll we'll go hire somebody else and we can probably find someone that will perform decently so yeah that's a frustrating thing um so Brad, I, I dove into your social media a little more and kind of snooped around on your Facebook just to get to know <laughs> you a little bit better before we talk, but you have a blog. Um, tell us more about the blog. What's the idea behind running a blog? Because you always hear, uh, you need to start a blog and I've started one, but I wasn't dedicated to it. I, I didn't want to write. Was that your your idea for you and your wife, or what? What's what's the story behind the blog? Um, maybe talk more about it, and what's the content that you write, and how do you how do you consistently stay um, posting and, and coming up with new material for your blog? Um, it's a labor of love. I, uh, I didn't do it for any like financial reasons. Like I wasn't, you know, imagining that this blog would get a million followers and that it could be a source of income for me. Uh, it's really just a labor of love. Um, I, uh, I drive my wife insane by always trying to talk, uh, not only real estate, but financial independence. Right. Yeah. And, um, she even works at Merrill Lynch. So she's, you know, she's there with the money. She, she understands stocks better than I do. Um, and rub shoulders with a lot of amazing people, but she just, she just can't handle working at Merrill Lynch and then coming home to me who like, and talking more money, <laughs> continue knocking down the doors on, yeah, on money and investing and <laughs> things. Um, so it's an outlet for me. Um, and I really enjoy writing it. I'm a terrible writer. And um, I was, I was a kid in school that I was good at math and science and sucked at English and reading. Um, so it's weird that I'm a blogger. Um, but uh, I, it, it's fun for me because it's an outlet and I, I listen to so much. I, it, I'm, I'm getting the impression very quickly that we're, we're the same exact same person, all three of us. Um, so I'm sure you guys do, but yeah, I, um, I keep track how many books I read and it's, it's between 20 and 30 a year typically. And I listen to probably more time on podcasts and I do books and are most of the books you read audio or are you physically reading them? Uh, audio. Oh yeah. Okay. 90, okay. 90% audio. Okay. I'm only reading so books much easier. on vacation or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, to, to really learn something, um, you know, I don't know the stat. There's, there's, there's stats out of this, but you get 25% of what you hear. You get 50% of what you say and you get 75 or 90% <laughs> or whatever of what you teach. Um, and in my blog, I'm, I'm at that 90%, right? Because I, I'm not only saying it and writing it, but I'm teaching it. I'm analyzing it. I, if you read my blog, you'll, you'll find statistics and graphs and charts. And some, some of the blogs have PDF attachments on budgeting and different things like that. Um, and so it, it's fun for me. Um, I love putting my thoughts out there. And I, I've been able to meet people through my blog. I had someone uh, reach out to me last week on Facebook from Salt Lake and we never met, but he said, I, I want to take you to lunch. I'm fascinated. I love what you do. I want to, cool. I want to do business with you sort of a thing. Um, wow. That's awesome. So it's cool. Yeah. And you guys are doing the same thing with this podcast. I, I love it. I, yeah. It's brilliant. 
Yeah, I'm not a writer. I would love to do a blog. I would love to do a blog, but I am not a writer. I suck. I suck so bad at writing. Like if you think you suck, I guarantee I suck like a lot harder (laughs) than you. (laughs) Like writing, I'm a math brain. Like that is where I'm at. Like math is just, math comes so easy for me. So like creativity and writing, I suck at it. I complain about writing the descriptions for these podcasts. <laughs> the, the letter two paragraphs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so, yeah. I the you. concept of flow. Um, are you familiar with flow? There's a book. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, have when, you read that book? You, I have. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's been a long time, so don't ask me to summarize it. Um, it was back when I was in college. Um, well, I bought the physical copy of it, and I never made it through it. I need to get the audio. <laughs> Well, let me, let me give you a 30-second version of it, and, and then you'll know it. So, <laughs> uh, But yeah, flow, um, it's a um, – in order to become a master of something, you have to be able to get into a state of flow while you're doing it. Um, so a good example is musicians. Um, when you have a young kid who's trying to learn piano or violin or whatever, it's so tedious. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, practicing for 30, 45 minutes a day is brutal. Um, cause they have absolutely no flow. They're forcing themselves to do it. It's sucking their willpower. It's, it's a task for them, but flow is, um, you know, maybe you go to a concert and you hear a pianist play a song that you thought was so cool that you now, like without your piano teacher pushing you to do it, you want to go learn that song. And then it's so fun for you. Cause every time you master a measure of music, you're that much better. And then you master another one, then you got a whole yeah. line and then you got a whole page and you know, you'll find yourself, you know, this, this 14 year old kid could play piano for three hours. Um, and, and not just like thinking around having fun piano, but like actually mastering a song and that, that yeah. kid's in flow. Um, and you know, with me and my blog, if I, one of the, the articles I wrote was about how inflation destroys the value of your debt in the same way it destroys the value of your savings. So it's so important to invest in leverage assets because as money inflates, it's actually doubling your wealth instead of halving it. Um, and that was a talk. Like I totally got into flow, like right in that article. Um, it took me two or three tries to like tee it up and get it going. Yeah. But like once I had that platform, once I had those first few paragraphs down. You just go. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was four or five pages into it, several thousand words. And then I was like, I gotta like, I gotta like wrap this up or cut it down or like, you know. Like no one wants to read a book right now. Yeah, exactly. But I was totally in flow, right? It was fun for me. I didn't want to go eat dinner. I didn't want to go out that night. I didn't want to help any customers. I'm just, I'm having a blast. Yeah. And it's fun for me. Yeah. I've also, in that book, from what I did read, it could also, from a, me and Jordan have a sports background. We actually met each other from high school basketball. We were on the high school basketball team. So another way you could do it is in the zone. You know, when a player gets in the zone, yes, you know, yes, the basket, it. the basket just is huge. Like everything that they're shooting up is going in. Like there's a good chance that that person is in flow when they're like that. When Kobe scored his 80 some odd points, like yeah. no doubt that guy was in flow. Yeah. And how do you run that hard for two hours, right? He's not thinking about the fact he's tired. Same way runners can run marathons, yeah. right? Like you get that runner's high, you get into flow, mm-hmm. but like, you know, if you're not really enjoying basketball and you're going hard for two hours, like you're, yeah, you're miserable. toast, <laughs> you're tired, your arms are heavy, yeah. your feet are heavy. Yeah. I actually ran so cross what is... country in high school too. And I remember hitting a flow state, like they always heard about the runner's high and, and like, oh man, most of the time you just 
have to run for basketball. I was like, I hate running, but there was one race that I hit it and it was, it was awesome. You just, it was like this natural high and you just have all this mm. energy to keep going. And, uh, yeah, flow is a great place to be. <laughs> and it's, so it's what do you kind of, yeah, I just had a question about your real estate. So you're newer, what's kind of your vision? I mean, for, for what you want to do. I mean, obviously you probably want to produce, like that's what we all want to do and, and get deals done. But do you have a, do you have a vision for, for what you want to do? Uh, I want to retire early. <laughs> um, <laughs> How early? Uh, as soon as possible. Um, like okay. next, next, yes. next five years sort of thing. <laughs> cool. um, okay. So um, you, working as a realtor is great. And, you know, I love, you know, you love the, the commission. You love, you know, getting the paychecks and you love, you know, also like being with people. Like it's fun when your clients can become your best friends and you're, you know, sending each other memes in between looking for houses and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, I don't want my future fate to be in the hands of my ability to earn a commission. To me, that's terrifying. Um, and that's one of the reasons I think I struggled to quit my W-2 is because yeah. that paycheck couldn't go away. Um, you know, unless the company sunk, which supplements in Utah will never sink. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I'm a very vain population. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, But I'm deeply, deeply interested in in passive income generating assets. Um, The more passive income I have, the less I have to work to survive. Um, You sound like Devin. Devin's Devin's my idol. Um, (laughs) I guess that's one of the questions you're probably going to ask. So let me just answer right now. Devin Hubbard is the man of men that he is just an incredible human and i love him to that death he's awesome so um, but yeah that's that's my goal i uh so okay. um here yeah, i'm gonna go financial independence on you again um but my budget i i uh all millionaires are very good at tracking things or, or at least the majority of millionaires are good at tracking um and i learned that early on and i've, I've taken it to heart so i i run a pretty strict budget for myself and I've tracked my net worth monthly um, for over four years now. Um, so I'm meticulously tracking how I'm earning money, how I'm saving, and where my wealth is coming from. And my wealth, even though I have an epic savings rate, my wealth is coming from real estate appreciation, period. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't out-save, you know, $10,000, $20,000 a year in appreciation on each property. Like, you just can't do that. Um, right. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, but I need to turn that into cash flow. Um, so on my budget, um, right now we have um, Jess's income at Merrill Lynch, which is a certain amount of month. And then my income as a realtor, which is we're trying to figure out kind of what that is every month. And then we have an Airbnb, which cash flows. So that's a certain amount of income every month. I invest in crypto and I, I do bubble investing. So every time my money, I get a 50% return on my money, I pull out half. So I always keep a certain amount in there, but I just cash out on every blip I get. So that's a source of income we get some cash flow from a rental property. So that's a source of income. So just like in our household, we have five or six streams of income already yeah. um, in our twenties, which is cool. Right. Um, yeah, that's great. But I need, I need five more. Um, you know, I need, I need two more Airbnbs. I'm looking at a car wash right now that I might buy. I mentioned that. Dude, I, I, we property. were just talking about a car wash 
we'll have to get in touch with you on that. <laughs> cool assets. Very cool assets. Yeah. Um, that's what I want, right? If I can get, you know, 10 sources of income that bank, you know, one to $2,000 a month, you know, then, then all of a sudden you've got ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month in like passive income. And the moment I have that, then, you know, I can work really hard as a realtor, but like, do you I don't need have to? to. Yeah. Not really. But then I, I imagine I'd even be a better realtor because I'm, I'm picking and choosing the business that I want. I'm picking and choosing kind of the high probability business, um, the profitable business, and then I'll execute at a really high level because, you, you know, this is a seller's market. It's really hard to be a good buyer's agent, especially when you've got multiple buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard. But yeah, like if you're, <laughs> if you're in no, no need of income, you just be the best real estate agent ever. Cause you know, you find the customers that you want to serve and that, you know, yeah. you yeah. really use you and, and it's just, you know, it, it's energy. Like, yeah, you know, you get good things going for you and then more good things go for you. And then you, you know, you start soaring. And I think generating passive income streams is extraordinarily important to get to that altitude. Yeah. I think the, the stuff that you just mentioned, uh, car washes and cryptocurrency, we, Probably need to have a whole nother podcast <laughs> on those two subjects, but um, we could probably start wrapping it up. Uh, and we always invite our Dude, guests. You've got great you wanna... info. I just got to tell you that you've been great. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to we, talk we to like you again. <laughs> we like to do updates, and if you ever want to come back on, we can dive deeper into all this stuff. But um, one of the last questions I had for you is who's your idol and why, and, and what do you learn from them? Like who, who's that one person in your life is like, I want to be like that and maybe dive a little deeper into your thoughts about that person. And I did, I just spent some time thinking about this this morning and I've already said, Devin, <laughs> love you to death, Devin. But unfortunately I, I, I did, I, I picked, I, I picked two. Um, uh, one was my dad. And he isn't, he, he's not um, familiar with the real estate front, but my dad taught me that, um, you know, don't do anything unless you're going to do it right. And my whole life, he's, he's at a very set, a very high standard, um, both morally and work ethic wise. And um, Ed Milet talks about a, a temperature. Everyone's got a temperature. Um, so if you're always 90 degrees, if you get like hit financially and it brings you down to 70, like you'll find a way to get back up to 90. Yeah. Um, or if you're like always, you know, cold, if you're always like 50 degrees, you know, and something amazing happens to you when the lottery and you go up to 150 degrees, you'll find a way to get back to 50 degrees. Like you've always got that temperature. And my dad um, established a very high temperature, I think in our family's life at a young age. And for that, I'm very grateful. Um, I, you know, it's, it's like being born with a silver spoon, even if it's not mm-hmm. financially, um, if you're just born at a certain temperature and you're held to a certain level of work and ethics at an early age, you'll, you're just stuck maintaining that. And I'm grateful for my dad in that sense. Um, my other one is, uh, I said Ed Milet, which actually is who I thought of. I was going to say Tony Robbins, but Tony Robbins and Ed Milet. Um, I love those those self-development guys. Um, I just, I eat up their books and their podcasts. They motivate me. They inspire me. Uh, Tony Robbins always talks about peak human performance. Ed Milet's always about maxing out. And I love them. I love those guys to death because yeah. I've only got one life to live. And I've only got, you know, 16 to 18 hours a day, every day. 
and I, I've only got one life, you know, max out. I got to yeah, make the yeah. most of it while I'm here on earth and uh, I'm going to do it. And I'm grateful for the good influences in my life that helped me figure out how to do it. I think That's those are great. great people. Yeah. I, I just found Ed Milet on bigger pockets podcast and mm, what drew me so to good. him is, yeah, he is. And he started talking about God and I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Because he's like, you know, a, a, a lot of the time my mindset was, you know, how did these people get rich? What did they do? That's illegal to get them rich. And he said, my mindset changed over time because he said, God favors his people. And he said, you know, I, I, am a huge believer that if, if I'm doing good, God's going to reward me because he knows that I'm going to give back and I'm going to, I'm going to put it somewhere that, that really matters. And that struck me like a lot of people I think get lost and why are they doing it? They want a car or a big, you know, status or what, for whatever reason. But, um, that stuck with me. If, if you can do real estate, just for the simple fact that you can become wealthy to help other people. I mean, there's nothing better than helping other people. It's, it's, it's intoxicating really. Um, me and my wife went over to the Philippines. This was our trip before we had kids and we built houses for people in the Philippines. And yeah, you, I mean, that was my first time being to a third world country and you just, that actually is what led us to buying our first home. Cause I thought, man, every time there's a storm or something, these guys have to rebuild their house. I was like, we need to establish a home for our family. And um, it was just a really cool life-changing experience. And I hope that we get to go back to more places like that to help build homes or just, just see how the majority of the, the world lives. Um, I think you hit it right on the head about the silver spoon is sometimes you're born into these situations. It's not necessarily a silver spoon, but you begin to realize how lucky you are and how privileged you are to just one, be born into America, uh, in this country. And then, you know, if you have parents that have high standards or know how business works or any, anything, you know, if they know a trade that they can teach you, it puts you so far ahead of people. And I've actually been thinking about that a lot because I have uh, grandparents that are kind of like my parents that have, have taught me a lot. And I think Darren, Darren's dad has done the same thing for him. And we truly are lucky. And I think that it's um, partially our responsibility that, you know, we were so fortunate in, in where we were born that we need uh, to give back. And um I've gotten a chills a few times talking to you and just listening to you. Um, we don't like to make it spiritual a lot of times, but I think this was probably a, for me anyways, I don't know about Darren. It was, I got a spiritual feeling from this podcast. And when you brought up Ed Milet, it, it just made me think of how he talks about his spirituality openly. And I think it's an, an important thing to have God in the works of everything we do, because when things go haywire, he's always there. To, to set us back on track. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to on that real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So for those of you who don't know Ed Milet, he, in almost all of his presentations, he speaks to that he's chasing that guy. So he thinks that when he dies, God's going to present him like a guy who is like the perfected version of him. Right. And um, hell is 
when you don't even recognize the guy, right? Like you don't look like him, you don't speak like him, you don't think like him. That's hell. But heaven is like when you're like his identical twin, right? You're a spitting image. Um, and that's what he's he's going for in his life. Um, I, I, I almost agree with him, but I think who that other person is, it's not a perfected version of you. It's actually God himself. Um, you know, when you get in God's presence, you're either going to be total strangers um, and that will be hell. Um, or, if, or if you're just like God, you know, if, if you're working towards progression, um, you know, that's heaven. Uh, that's, that's why we're here is we're growing, we're progressing, we're, we're maxing out. <laughs> and uh, I think there's really, really deep, powerful and motivating principles there. Um, and we've all got one shot uh, here in this life to, to, you know, chase that dude, chase that. Hey, and it goes by quick, man. I'm 31. I turned 32 this year. I can't believe it. I was like, I feel like I was just barely like 20, 21, 22. And all of a sudden I'm realizing, holy crap, man, I'm going to be 40 before I know it. My twenties flew by. I'm going to be 40. And then Jesus downhill after that. So I better get scary. I better get Get going, going. you know, stay on it, stay on it. (laughs) And what you guys are doing with this podcast and in your careers, I think is exactly it. So Thank you. Yeah, we're gonna have to reconnect because uh yeah, I think that us three really I like I really like what you have to say. I've known Jordan for a long time, so I can already know I already know that like what you're saying is speaking to him, it's speaking to me. And so it's uh it's been great to it's been great to just connect with you. I think that's like the fifth time I've said that. So <laughs> <laughs> well likewise, yeah. I feel like we're very similar folks and I'm grateful to to get to know you too. Yeah, well, great. Let's let's wrap this up. Um I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know that everyone's super busy. This is, I I said this on our last podcast. It's one of the coolest things because people block out half hour, hour of their time. And you really get to dig into getting to know people and connect them. Um, I say this on every podcast too. We do this podcast for three reasons. One, to educate people um, in real estate, business, whatever, Um, hopefully they can gain something from this podcast. I know I have, and I know Darren has. The second one is to inspire people, um, telling your story and how young you are with, with, you know, your financial situation and how you track things and and how millionaires track things. I think that's very inspiring how young you are and your mindset of where you're going. And then the last one, and probably the most important one, and I was thinking about this today, even with COVID, and how we've all been kind of forced to separate is we want to connect with people and we want to build those relationships um, because that's really what makes us successful in anything is you have to, you have to have other people in your corner and on your team and trust people to get you to the next level. And um, I think this is the start of a, a, a great relationship between the three of us. Um, and hopefully uh well, I'll, I'll save that. <laughs> and uh, hopefully the future brings a lot for us. I think your your blog is, is very similar to the reasons we started this podcast. It's an outlet. I know my wife probably hates me talking about it. And, <laughs> and you, you know, when we knock, when me and Darren used to knock on doors and, and people would come home and they would tell you every single story about doors. And it's like, man, we just, we just did that for like, 10 hours today. I, let's talk about something else. So yeah, totally. uh, yeah, they're great outlets. And um, 
if anyone wants to get in touch with you, Brad, where's the best place, social media, phone number, email, whatever, whatever you want to do or feel comfortable sharing, where can people get in touch with you if they need you? Uh, number one, uh, Facebook. Um, and you can private message me uh, if you like again contact there. My Facebook is Bradley Jacobson and Jacobson spelled S-O-N. Uh, and just look for the one in Ogden and you'll know it's me. It'll say realtor, investor, blogger, that, that kind of stuff. Um, awesome. Otherwise, my blog, um, it's called baptismbyfire.blog. Um, so if you just type that into your browser, you'll find it. A um, little emblem of a, a flame will it come up. I've got about a dozen. Yeah, and I'll make sure it's in the description too. I'll put a link in there so people can just click on it. So yeah, uh, find me on, on Facebook or uh, check out the blog and uh, leave a comment or private message me and I'd, I'd love to be in contact. Great. Darren, you got any finishing touches? No, this is great. Thanks for coming on. It was a, it was yeah, a pleasure we, talking to you. We appreciate Likewise. it. I, I'm sure we'll be in touch and have you on again. Um, if you need to get in touch with me or Darren, I am at Wasatch Wheeler on most social media. Uh, Darren at Wasatch Wilcox. And then if you need to email us to be on the podcast or questions about the podcast, anything related to the podcast, me and Darren share this email. It's wasatchbros at gmail.com. So Brad, thanks for coming on again. I hope uh, you have a great day and have a ton more success. So you have more stories to come on and tell us. And uh, until next time, Thank you. Keep it real. Chase that man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. See you later. See ya.